We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! You know, the beauty of baseball is you can sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation. Or you can just completely ignore them. Baseball spoken here. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. That is a reviewable play, but the Yankees choose not to review it. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Off the pole, Francisco Lindor. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. A deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. It's 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the sixth, and I just can't get my eyes off that man with the tall head. It's quite a game, but man, that guy is ugly. You know that guy hasn't blinked this entire game? Just a dead-eyed idiot out on a Thursday afternoon. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. We're going to be awesome for you right now. On 1080. Hey, one for one. That's about a thousand, dude. That's baseball, baby. Help us, please. Somebody help us. The Fan. Yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crumb allowances for nothing. Hour two of two here on the Hot Corner. Patrick's out, so it's just the Lynch and Joe edition. Until nine o'clock. Had John Sikanik on the show to talk Mariners in the first hour. And uh, just a reminder, we found the Terry Collins audio on YouTube. It's only been posted today, so MLB will likely take it down. So if you want to watch it, it's been tweeted on Joe Fisher's Twitter, at Joe Fish 3, on the fans' Twitter, at Tony to the Fan, and on my Twitter, at Mike Lynch 27. Quickly, before MLB takes it down again, the Terry Collins unedited audio from the umpire's microphone and uh, of probably last year, I think, of an ejection that happened in a game against the Dodgers for the Mets. Yeah, must-hear audio. I was laughing out loud watching this video this morning. Uh, so we'll talk about that at 8.30, but go listen to it now if you uh, if you want to get it before it gets taken down. And also, again. If, if you're looking for some uh, baseball fighting uh, kerfuffle. Oh, I was getting there. Oh, please do. Set it up, sir. The uh, Just had a brawl breakout between the Tejas Rangers and the Los Angeles Doyers. Uh, the the brawl starts at, at home plate as Matt Kemp trucked the catcher, Robinson Chirinos. <laughs> right thumbstick up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and afterwards, he was out, by the way. Afterwards, when Chirinos gets up, Kemp kind of does a little, like, shoulder into him. And then he takes exception to that. And Kemp goes, what, what? And then shoves him in the chest. And then Chirinos takes his glove hand and swings at his face. The bench is clear. Uh, I didn't see much else after that. Uh, just was, you know, they zoomed out and you were just kind of watching the mass of humanity. But good little baseball brawl for a thing we haven't seen in quite some time. A, a trucked catcher <laughs> yeah. from a clearly out base runner. It wasn't even close. I mean, he was out. Um, and then he just went shoulder in, trucked him. Chirinos' helmet comes off. He hits his head on the ground. You know, he 
That's what they're trying to eliminate from the game. And after seeing that, um, yeah, I don't think I'd want Matt Kemp to try and truck me over. Looks like a pretty big dude. Yeah. 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 He's not as skinny as he used to be. No. No. <laughs> uh, so that, that'll probably be all over the internet, too, if you, if you missed it. Um, oh, already on the internet. I just saw, uh, just saw a tweet pop up on, wow. on my feed. That internet works fast. <laughs> it's amazing how fast the internet works. They're on works. it. Um, I did want to talk about Shohei Otani there, and feel free to share your thoughts at the fan text line 55305. So Otani has a UCL injury. Um, they're saying it's it's a partial tear. It may be a full tear. They're keeping it very vague from what I've read. Um, one, but basically he's likely going to have to have Tommy John surgery on the elbow. And if that was the case, one report said he would be out until 2020. That's not next year. That's the year after. Uh, the other report said that he could come back as early as late this season to hit um, because the UCL injury doesn't get aggravated by hitting uh, in the same way or at all uh, as it does when you are pitching. So this is obviously big for the Angels. I mean, they lose their second best hitter in the lineup. Their lineup is not very good outside of Mike Trout, so this is going to be a huge deal for them. They lose a really, really, really good starting pitcher, although they do have plenty of decent arms in their in their rotation that they can probably – uh, they'll probably be okay. But um, the question for me is, what should the Angels do with Otani? If he's going to have Tommy John surgery, should they just let him have a full rehab as if he was just a pitcher and come back in 2020? Or because of how well he's hit the ball in the major leagues, should they have him undergo the surgery and then come back late in the season as a DH? And just forego pitching for now while he recovers and still hit. What what would you do if you were the Angels? Text the fan text line at 55305. <sighs> Man, that's a, I mean, the tough thing for me, I mean, it's clear they obviously want, they value his arm, I think, more than the hitting. because that, That's always been what was said is that he was a better pitcher than hitter. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, it's you just got to ask yourself, do you just cut your losses at this point? take what you can get and just make him a hitter full time and just appreciate what you can get out of the guy. Cause yeah, the guy can rake. He is a good hitter. Um, and if I guess you, man, that's tough though. Cause we can see what he can do on the mound. Like his, he's, a, his, he, I he's think, filthy. I think he's a better pitcher than hitter. <laughs> yeah. I do. I agree with that sentiment too, but it's uh, I almost lean on the side of air on the side of caution. It's like, do you really just want to miss him entirely? have him go through surgery and the rehab. And like you said, the batting doesn't affect the injury like pitching does, but I find it hard to believe that it doesn't affect it at all. Like, you know, you can't have flare-ups. Still, like, I mean, you're still using your elbows and you arms to torn, swing a bat. Yeah, you have a torn ligament and you are trying to do like a physical activity. I would feel like there would be some times where that wouldn't work out well in his favor if he just complete did nothing but bat. So um, I'm leaning on the side of almost like, listen, just take – what you can get out of the guy and he can hit the ball and hit the ball well and good enough in the MLB. Clearly we've seen. So I almost say like, just make him the full-time batter at this point, but it's so hard to say that because he is filthy. I, I am with you in the earlier sentiment that you came, that you said was, I want to err on the side of caution, leave him out till he's recovered. I, I, I know you're not paying him a lot because I mean, you paid a lot to get him, but your, his actual salary is not that much um, because of his age. But the, to me, Otani has the chance to be something really special, right? 
We didn't start calling him the next Babe Ruth for no reason. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have a career like Babe Ruth. I'm not saying that he's going to turn into a player like Babe Ruth ever was. But early signs point to the fact that he's really good at both hitting and pitching, like really good at both. And I want him to be fully healthy before you bring him back. If he's out even until late season, there's no guarantee the Angels are in the playoff race anymore um, to come back to hit, I mean. So why would you even risk it? Just just keep him out until until he's fully ready to do both again. Um, this text on the fan text line comes in and says, in, in summation, talking about how Japanese pitchers aren't necessarily ready for the rigors of pitching in the major leagues. They have six-band rotations out there. They have a lot longer time in between games that they pitch. Um, it has not been the case with all Japanese pitchers, but you do often see top pitchers from Japan eventually get hurt. I mean, remember two years ago, Masahiro Tanaka tore his UCL. He just chose not to get surgery, and it's worked out okay for him. He went through – he basically just did rehab for a year, and it's worked out okay for him. Um, you know, I, Kenta Maeda has been off and on the DL the entire time. He's pitching right now for the Dodgers, top of mind. Jin Ryu has been off and on the DL over and over and over again. Uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka, after one good year, was hurt often. Uh, you, know, go, you go all the way down the list. There's, there's not many examples of, of Japanese pitchers who have come to the major leagues and avoided injuries multiple times. Gosh, that's a name drop for me right there, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Remember Daisuke? I do, I do. D-I-C-E-K? <laughs> yeah. Because we couldn't just spell his name correctly because we're American idiots, I guess. Yeah, apparently not. That's Boston for you. Um it's I think that's a good point though, is that I think Japanese pitchers do have a tough time adjusting to pitching every five days. Not to mention that Otani's also hitting three of those five days or more in between his starts. Um we also had a text that just said, make him get the Tommy John surgery now. The longer they put off, the longer he'll be out. I agree. I agree with that. Just do it, do it today, do it tomorrow, or whenever the next available appointment is with Dr. James Andrews. And uh, just get it over with because if he's going to be out till 2020, make sure he's back for the start of that season. You know, at least you're not losing a bunch of money with him injured because he, he didn't cost as much as a, as a high priced arm would, but just, just get it over with. I want to be, I want to be cautious about it. I don't want to risk it. He just needs to get healthy. He's, he's that special potential of a player that I want to see him get healthy. All right. Coming up next, the Terry Collins audio. Go listen to it. We'll talk about it next on The Fan. This is The Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 8-17 here on your Wednesday evening. Fair foul coming up next segment. Talk a little Beebs College World Series coming up at the end of the show. But this audio got leaked today or yesterday and it kind of took the Twitter sphere by storm. MLB has since removed the original video where I saw it from. Joe has found it on YouTube and has tweeted it out on his Twitter, my Twitter, on the fan, etc. So you can find it there. It is two minutes. It is unedited audio from, I believe, last season. Noah Syndergaard on the Mets threw behind Chase Sutley on the Dodgers and got immediately ejected. No warnings nothing and the crew chief of the umpiring crew is mic'd up and 
if you haven't watched it, I'll just give a brief explanation. He walks up to Noah Syndergaard and goes, you're done. You're out of here. And Syndergaard tries to pull the, I'm just trying to throw a bleeping fastball. And he goes, I know you're going to try to say that, but you know that I can't let you do that in this situation. I'm assuming at some point Chase Utley did something. I mean, Chase Utley is always in these situations because he slides hard and, you know, often goes into second base and is kind of just a, a slightly borderline to very clearly dirty player most of the time. Um, and then Syndergaard tries to say it again. He goes, I don't know what situation. I'm trying to throw a pitch. And he goes, you don't need to play that game, basically. Uh, and he goes, not in this situation. He goes, my ass is in the jackpot, which I'm not 100% sure what that means, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, then Neil Walker, second baseman for the Mets at the time, comes in and goes, you're not even going to give us a warning? And Syndergaard says the same thing. Not going to give us a warning? And he goes, we can't do it right now. The MLB, with, with this with this situation, we can't give you a warning. You know you can't do it right now. And then he hears Terry Collins screaming at the other umpire, so he runs away from those guys, gets into Terry Collins' face. Collins is cursing up a storm. Like, not even I, – I can't even come close to telling you what it was because it's that it, – you know, it was that blue that he he was going – but basically, Collins is saying, why can't you give us a shot? Why can't you let us do that? Why can't you do, let us do that without a warning? And again, he reiterates, we can't do it in this situation. We all know what's happening, but the MLB has our ass in a jackpot. Again, we'll get to that term in a second. Um, he lets Terry Collins vent a little bit, and it was that's kind of how it ends. He gets Terry Collins off the field, and that's it. It's a two-minute video. The... This, to me, is a baseball fan dream to have this kind of audio attached to a video. This, The amount of times I've seen a brawl and had to try to piece together what was being said or an argument just by reading lips, it's every night in baseball. It's like a fun little game you play when you're watching the highlight of something going on. You're like, I wonder what they're saying. Occasionally, like a mic off, off behind home plate will pick up a word and you're like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> He's cursing up a storm right now. But this is unedited, straight audio of that. And I've always been curious how the umpires handle these situations, too. Because they're basically just getting their heads ripped off for a decision that they made. That at the end of the game, the guy's not going to be mad about it anymore. He just was mad in the moment. Or he just did it to try to get his team fired up. And... I've always wanted that side of it to see what the umpires were doing. And generally I couldn't really tell from, from most of these things is they always focus on the manager or the player, what the umpire is saying. And I want more of this in sports. And, and the fact that MLB has taken this down, I mean, it, to me, it's kind of, it's a, it's a real shame that they've done it. I understand why they're doing it. You don't want to put your players and managers, not that Collins is a manager anymore in a bad light by showing them just with the most vulgar language of all time. But I think it's such great behind the curtain inside access that I want more of in, in sports. It reminds me of the solo camera shot that we got of the Cavs bench at the end of game one in the NBA finals, where it didn't move for two and a half minutes and showed LeBron's reaction and showed him asking if they Tyler, if they had a timeout showed J.R. Smith. I mean, if there was audio, it'd be great, but I want more of that. And that is exactly what this video with audio from Terry Collins and the Mets and, and the Dodgers is. And it, it's just, it's just perfect. It's, it's it, seriously, go watch it. If you're a baseball fan, you will, it, it, you'll be filled with glee watching it. Cause you've always wanted to know. 
Well, I think even if you uh, showed a non-baseball fan, be like, wow, I didn't know they could get that mad about baseball. Like, I guarantee you the casual fan or even the non-fan would be surprised at the video itself. And, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, to get those kind of reactions and have them on audio, have that mic'd up. I mean, you get mic'd up in just about every other sport. Um, And granted, MLB, they do, like, the in-bullpen or in dugout interviews, but that obviously is a very much different. Uh, they know they're on a microphone. Yeah, at that and that's point, like in between so. innings usually. Exactly. Well, they've been doing the Sunday night baseball or the ESPN. Like in the middle of the game, they'll have one of the managers on the headset. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Benintendi hit a home run on the Astros as AJ Hinch was being interviewed. Oh, and so like I didn't see yeah, that. they he hit the home run and Hinch is like whoa. And then uh, ESPN broadcasters are like, well, it looks like you have some work to do, so we'll let you get back to it. But like I said, that's a lot different than this because, uh, granted, they know that they're mic'd up, but Terry Collins wasn't mic'd up. No. It was, <laughs> it was, ju- the it was just the crew chief of the umpiring yeah. crew that was mic'd up. Right, right. So, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, that's that you is know- definitely raw reaction from uh, Terry Collins, from everybody in it. And I think it – I mean, for the people that say baseball is boring, show them that video. Right there. <laughs> I I want to know why he was mic'd up. And if you watch it, the camera is specifically on him. Right. Is that official video? Does Major League Baseball actually mic up its umpires to to help with further suspensions after and a brawl? And stuff. And maybe that's why they took it down, too. Because that was maybe it's like that video is not. That's um, like their own personal camera. Video. But granted, it was the shot of behind the pitcher. Um, right, but then it cut so to the umpire. The it was literally following the umpire, right, right? Which on the broadcast they would never do. Yeah. So I am very curious where that came from. Now, now for him saying that his ass was in, in the jackpot, I don't know what that means. My guess, and we had a texter guess this as well. He goes, "Is the ump saying he'll be fined by the MLB for letting brushbacks get thrown?" That was one of my guesses. That the, was the yeah. jackpot, meaning money, and meaning he's going to get fined. Another guess I had or or just trying to figure it out was him saying that because he kept repeating because of the situation. He, he was very vague about it, but he said because of the situation we're in, we can't let that happen. It makes me wonder if that umpiring crew had mis- mishandled a previous situation with brushbacks or with a brawl and the MLB kind of came down on them and said, you can't let this happen. So maybe they had had a previous time where something like that had happened, or he's just specifically saying in this situation, AKA whatever happened with Chase Utley, they knew that that it was going to boil over and they just couldn't let it even get to a warning. They just, they had to make a a quick instant decision to throw out Syndergaard and Terry Collins. But that to me, again, it's like part of the fun. That's I'm assuming umpire lingo. That's amazing. You know, and that's something that I've never got a chance to, to hear before. I mean, umpires tend to be available after the game for interview from the media, but they only ever get questioned if they eject, they they throw somebody out of the game or or whatever. But maybe I just I want more of this, Joe. I want <laughs> I want more behind the curtains, behind the scenes stuff. It, it just adds so many layers for the fans. Yeah, I I thought that was awesome. Like. Sitting there watching it this morning, I think I said it earlier, it's like I laughed out loud watching it because I was like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like this before. This is awesome. 
Because, yeah, it's a bunch of guessing game stuff. It's just like, oh, man, I, w- I wonder what he's saying. Uh, and obviously they're just so irate, saying, talking so fast, so many words, and they're flustered. So, yeah, the lip-reading game in those interactions, is it's impossible. Um, and I think if you want to add a little excitement in these rare moments where you get brawls or these interactions and everything, um, yeah, I think they should do this more often and have it more readily available to the public obviously if the language isn't as colorful because then it's just a bunch of bleeps like you were saying we can't play the audio because you can't really get the vibe of it with just a bunch of beeps going on but um yeah i love that dude like yeah sign me up for that every time for sure we got this text that said the best tweet on the uh on the original tweet i guess that we had was i would pay extra money to watch baseball with umpires mic'd yeah. Right, yeah. Could you imagine Angel Hernandez mic'd up and just barking at people for being <laughs> pissed at his strike zone? That'd be amazing. Well, and you're not going to get uh you won't get any of this with uh robots that behind the true. plate and robots calling outs and uh fair ball and everything like that. That is true. No emotion. I am very anti-robot umpire. They have uh, robots and computers have no human uh feelings and passion and emotion so i mean well if movies have taught us anything that's not true joe <laughs> I, I would love to if see if westworld has taught us anything that's not true man- managers that just out on the field for an hour arguing with the computer computer's not gonna give in best believe it this text says growing up in virginia watching baltimore channel 20 would show mike dub fights of umps and earl weaver all the time so Whoa. we've so we've lost it then damn it we've lost the that's baltimore though that is true that's you know there is there is a vibe. There's some grittiness over there about the the Baltimore area, but yeah, I didn't bring it back, man. If we can get this, if it somehow gets leaked, just bring it back. Let's see more. Let's see what like. Let, but this wasn't a brawl. Let's get a brawl mic'd up with the umpire in the middle and just hear like seventeen guys just screaming curses at each yeah, other. Just the scuffles. Guys, stop! Wait. Whoa! <laughs> I got nervous. You were actually going to say something there. Um, yeah, I want I want more of that. Like I want what just happened with the Dodgers and the Rangers. I want that. Yeah, I want to see t- what what Matt <laughs> Kent said to Chironos and what he said back. Come on. Yeah, that'd be great. Keep texting in fan text line five five three zero five. Coming up next, it is time for fair or foul or fourth, as we are now calling. Or is it, it fact or fiction? Because uh, sometimes I get that mixed up too. Well. I know what the name of it is, Joe. It's your segment. You should probably know what the know. name of it is. My goodness. Uh, here is Joe with Sports Center. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for fourth. <laughs> yes. Fair or foul. Fair or foul. So, earlier, John was on. You guys were talking some Mariners, playing pretty good. And with that being said is when the trade line, uh, trade deadline comes around, the teams that are playing good try to get some uh, players to be even better and make that postseason push. So, fair or foul, Mariners will add a starting pitcher at the deadline. Ooh. Because personally... I think that is what they are in need of most. Um, good, well, they are getting good starting pitching, but I think they could use a good ace to push them over the edge to make them very good and uh, give them a deep run, possibly. I'm going to say foul, and that's not because they shouldn't try, 
but because there really isn't that many good options out there for an ace or a good starting pitcher. Currently, if you exclude the Syndergaard, DeGrom stuff, which we didn't get to in the show today, where or, they said they might be on the market. Or did we, Mike? Might oh, be coming soon. Might in, be coming In up. fourth. <laughs> well, we might be getting to that. But uh, with those two, I'm going to ignore them because we're not sure. And I'm going to ignore Madison Bumgarner because I'm not sure. The best starting pitcher available is Cole Hamels, who is doing old. fine this year. Old. But old and nowhere near his old self. Now, if I will re-include the, the better pitchers, I don't necessarily think the Mariners have enough in their farm system to go get a Syndergaard DeGrom or Madison Bumgarner um, when other teams are also going to be going for those pitchers who have more in the farm system than the Mariners do. So I don't want the Mariners to make a trade because they feel like they have to if they're going to go get a Cole Hamels. Um, man, I never thought I'd say it with that kind of a voice like six years ago. <laughs> I'd be like, Cole Hamels, yeah, go get him. Um so I'll, say, I'll say foul because it, I, even though that might be the thing they need to do, I don't think they're going to find a deal that, that's good for them. Fair enough. All right. And um, this is going to be uh, the third one, but I'm just going to hop it up to the second one since you mentioned it. But Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, it's been floating around that they might be on the move, might be on the market. Um, I don't know if the M's are a legitimate destination like you were saying. I, I personally don't think they are. Um but with all this is going around, those two pitchers in New York, fair or foul, DeGrom and Syndergaard will both be traded before the deadline. I'll say foul. Um, now, the Mets, who started off, remember, 11-1, and one, everybody was, was all over the Mets. They are now <laughs> those 12 games to an MLB season to start really tells you a lot now about, about how the rest of the season will go. Well, they're 28-36, and 36, so they are 17-35 <laughs> since that point. They are dreadful offensively. Wow. <laughs> And um, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, Jacob deGrom is pitching unbelievable. And in his last 10 starts, the Mets are two and eight. Right. I've, yeah. Yeah. So I get much help. And Syndergaard's currently hurt. Uh, he's actually been getting hurt more often recently, which is a bit of a worry. But I do think if the Mets continue down this road, they will trade one of those pitchers. I think it'll be. A little bit too much given away if they trade both of the pitchers. I do. I think so too. In uh, in one at one trade deadline, I think they should keep one. Um, look, I, I'll say this because I'm a Yankees fan. I want the Yankees to go out and get one of them. They need another starter. They've got a super deep farm system. I'd be down to give up a couple of good farm players to get Jacob Degrom. Yeah, guarantee <laughs> you the Yankees can give him some run support. Hopefully. <laughs> So I'm down for that. So I'll say I'll say fair. They'll trade. Well, I'll say foul, but they'll trade one of the two by the deadline. And you think that will be <sighs> probably Degrom because he's older. Degrom's already 29 or 30. Um, Syndergaard's still young and has better stuff. So I think they'll try to keep Syndergaard. All right. So those were the two opinion-based ones. We moved on to our fact-based questions of fair or foul and um it was noted that paul goldschmidt wasn't doing too hot to start the season uh even had someone text in about the fantasy grind whether they should trade him or not but paul goldschmidt has definitely turned things around here recently but fair or foul has he turned things around that in the last 30 days paul goldschmidt leads the national league in home runs fair or foul <sighs> Ooh. 
trying to think now. I'm going to say fair. Paul Goldschmidt's been... I mean, he was like, hey, I'm bad, and now he's not. Now he's good again. Now he's back to hitting 330. I mean, he's not. He's hitting like 240 still, but he'll get back to that that range if he keeps going this way. I want to say I've seen him hit like seven or eight or nine home runs in the last 30 days. So I'm going to say fair. I think he's leading the National League. It is foul. You are fair on that guess of eight because it has been eight home runs. Okay. In the last 30 days, which is good for uh, tied for second. All right. Well, let me let me in the see. National League. Let me see if I can guess the who, two that are well, just the guy who's in first. Okay. How I, many home runs does he have? Ten. I really don't think you're going to get it. And it's the National League. Like, if you get this, Mike, I will. I will be very impressed. All right. Don't tell me. I'll give me the next question. I'll think about it. I want to see if I can get it. <laughs> okay. And then uh, we go back to the AL West. Uh, Mariners, they beat up on the Astros recently and Dallas Keuchel. And honestly, Dallas Keuchel hasn't been very good at all over the last uh, 30 days, really this season at all. I think he's 3-8 and eight overall record. Um, but over the last 30 days, fair or foul, Keuchel has the worst ERA among qualifying pitchers. In both leagues. Both leagues. In the majors. Whoa. Fair? I know he hasn't been pitching well. I know he's the one guy in the entire staff who's pitching really, really poorly. So I'll say fair. It is foul. He is second to last. Oh, <laughs> but I thought re- there's no way he'll do it again. Uh, I know. I'm being mean. But, yeah, he is second to last. Uh, let me get it pulled up. I just had it. It's He's got a 7-3-3. Uh, ERA over the last 30 days. Oh, my God. Um, only person higher than him, Andrew Kashner of the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> or, excuse me, Alex Cobb. It is Alex Cobb of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Go go figure, right? Cobb has been horrific. 7-4-3 ERA over the last 30 days. But, yeah, Keuchel over the last 30 days, 7-3-3 ERA, 345 opponent batting average, which is second highest in the league also. And he's given up 41 hits, which is tied for fourth most in the majors over those 30 days so and it hasn't really given up a lot of home runs or walks he's just getting hit just getting yeah a lot of singles doubles just guys getting on base via hits and they leave him in because they know he can eat innings and i think that makes it worse they don't pull him in the first they leave him in for six innings and he gives up like three more runs gotcha yeah my guess because you said i would never get it (laughs) i started thinking about the lesser known home run hitters that have happened recently is it the Villanueva guy from the Padres? It is not. No. I was going to be really, really happy. Uh, same if I division. Got it. Same division. Yes. Oh, God. So, uh, Dodgers, Giants, Rockies, Diamondbacks, and it's not Goldschmidt. <laughs> I, seriously, I, do, I really how, don't think you're going to get If he's hit 10 home runs in the last 30 days. I mean, I, I feel like I should know who it is. Right. And honestly, do I know the player. I honestly don't know. I have never heard of this guy in my life before I looked this up today. All right, just tell me. It's Max Muncy. Oh, the Dodgers? Yeah, of the Dodgers. He's a third baseman? Yes, third baseman. Mac Mun- uh, Max Muncy. Wow. Or, or Munchie, either. I, I don't think know. it's Muncy, yeah. Uh, ten home runs. All right. And then uh, Goldschmidt's tied with Jesus Aguilar of the Brewers. He's also hit eight home runs in the last 30 days. But, Man. uh,. Max Muncy? I would have never guessed Max Muncy. Like I said, dude, I, did, I didn't think he would. And if you did, my God, would I have been impressed. That, um, yeah, Mac, Max Muncy, though, apparently good. 
10 home runs, 22 RBIs, 307 average over the last 30. Maybe looking him for fantasy. But Justin Turner's back. So is he playing a different position then? Well, I thought Justin Turner's also kind of day-to-day with that wrist. Yeah, though. but he came back today. Well, I don't know. You need to find he, time he for homered, some. He homered today. You need Justin to find Turner. some time for Max, though, Dodgers. Wow. Max Muncie. You are right. I would have I would have never in a million years <laughs> no, no. guessed Max Muncie. I would have gone through the entire Padres roster that I knew before I got to Max Muncie. And I was even thinking about Corey Spangenberg <laughs> would have came out of my mouth before Max Muncie. <laughs> I was even thinking about giving you a hint like they're on the TV right now, his team is. And I still don't think I, I still wouldn't have gotten it. Even with the Dodgers. I might have said there. Matt Kemp because he's been hot recently. Right. But no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> Max Muncie, baby. Wow. All right, that's fourth. We do it every single week at eight thirty. Coming up next, we'll switch gears to college a bit. Oregon State once again into the College World Series, and their favorites. This is the fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on ten eighty the fan. Last segment here of a Harrisless edition of the Hot Corner. Mike and Joe with you. You can catch us on the Les Schwab Tires podcast as well if you missed any of the show. That's where you can find all the podcasts of all the fan shows. If you missed it live. And I wanted to give a little love to Oregon State baseball, even though I'm slightly conflicted about it. Um, If I can bifurcate. The fact that a certain pitcher is on the team that I would like to not support and that I like that Oregon State is good at baseball, then I can support the Beavs once they get to the College World Series. And uh, they are going to the College World Series after they beat Minnesota in the Super Regionals. And by most places, they are either the first or second favorite from what I have seen. Vegas Insider, which is you know kind of a compiler of, of odds, says that they are second favorites 10 to 1 florida 8 to 1 is the favorite uh but also a tweet that i saw yesterday sporting media odds to win it all i'm not sure if that's an actual like college baseball magazine or if he's talking about generally people who he polled or they polled oregon state 27 percent think that they will win the college world series this year 23 percent for arkansas was the second most on that list, Washington in last 3%, uh, the other Pac-12 team that made the College World Series. Um, I do want to I do want to kind of just dive into it for a second, though, the reason why I have to bifurcate. I just I haven't really wanted to support Oregon State baseball this year. You know, I, I haven't wanted to because of, of the Luke Heimlich stuff. And it. It's hard for me to watch the team play and separate it in my head. It's hard. I know the rest of the kids on the team did nothing wrong, hopefully, but it's still hard for me to separate it. Although recently, as the as the the regional and the super regional has started going on, I've had a, an easier time when he wasn't pitching to be able to root for the Beavs and say, hey, this team is really freaking good. They had two guys, I guess technically three guys drafted, in the first round of this year's draft, I want to see how I want to see how they play. I want to see what they're doing. And I've been able to separate it a little bit more to enjoy watching the Beavs. So I am I am very interested in watching them play in the College World Series, unless Luke Hamlick's starting. And um 
see if they can pull it off again and get their third College World Series title. They open up against North Carolina, who they beat for both their first and their second title back in the late thousands. Um, so a little bit of a, a grudge match, if you will. And I know none of these none of these players had anything to do with that. That was ten years ago, but um, a little bit of a grudge match, perhaps, between those two teams. And I'm interested to see how Nick Madrigal and uh, Trevor Larnick do the first round picks for the Beavs in the College World Series. Hey, man, I'm keeping an eye on my boy Adley Rutschman from Sherwood High School, my hometown. Ooh, and did he you... used to be the kicker for the football team, right? Yeah, and honestly, I didn't. I just realized this the other day, and I'm glad that I realized that it happened and I was there for it, but he was kicking for Sherwood, uh, their football team. And a viral video went out when he nailed a 63 yard field goal. I remember that. And uh, someone brought that up today. They're like, wasn't that the kid? And I was like, holy crap. Yes, it was. And I was there for that. That is awesome. And yeah, so he's nailing 63 yard field goals in high school and then getting game winning RBIs in the super regionals for the Beavers. And I'm pretty sure he is just a sophomore. Um, I want to say he is just a sophomore because uh, last year, I believe, was his freshman year. And he's a stud. He's probably going to go first round next year. And he was doing both in his freshman year, right? Didn't he try to go for the football team and yeah. play baseball at the same time? Yep. And then he's going baseball full time? Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I mean, obvious story. The big story from last year that's continued over is Luke Heimick on the team. But I caught myself looking at the roster because uh, Swag, you know how he does his little printouts of the teams yes. and all the events going on. And I was looking at the roster. Sorry, Swag. I almost never use those. Uh, hey, I know. But it was sitting there. So I decided to grab it and just look through the roster, just check out some stuff. And that's when I see a lot of other local kids on the team uh, from Washington and Oregon. Obviously, you have your out-of-state kids. But there is a good mix of Oregon and Washington kids on this team. And so I'm rooting for them. I'm, I like to root for the local kids because it shows everyone around the uh, country, hey, we got some good baseball players up here in the Northwest. Oregon State plays on Saturday, I believe, 11 a.m. on ESPN against North Carolina. I'm looking at a bracket. I'm assuming it's an Eastern time. So 11 a.m., Mississippi State plays Washington. That's at 4 on Saturday. Then Sunday, you've got Arkansas, Texas at 10 and then you've got at 3 o'clock Florida and Texas Tech. So Oregon State could potentially play Washington if Washington beats Mississippi State and get a little Pac-12 matchup in the second round of the College World Series this year. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Washington, did they – oh, God. I'm going to feel like an idiot for not knowing this. Did they win the softball World Series or did they lose to Florida State? Well, don't feel like an idiot, Mike, because I don't know. <laughs> God. Yeah, I know. Who You said they were playing Florida State? Yes. Yeah, I don't know, honestly. I felt like if Washington would have won, I would have seen a lot more things on my Twitter timeline about it and then probably seen or saw a video of Cam hooting and hollering about it on Instagram or something. And since I didn't see any of those things, I'm going to say no. Washington did not win it, and Florida State did. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, it's not easy to find, Joe. <laughs> I was trying to drag out that sentence. Is Florida and State because... eliminates UCLA. Well, that was from the previous round. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to drag out because Cam Cleland of one Washington Husky <laughs> alumni did not say anything. I am going to guess they did not win it. Have you still not found it, really? I, it's not easy to find. I'm not lying. Just Google Florida State, Washington. I Googled softball college world series 2018. Shouldn't that be the same thing? 
Don't mind me typing, Joe. Uh, actually, and it's not College World Series for the women. I don't believe they call it that. Florida State wins first softball championship. <laughs> Found it. I want to know. Washington lost, but Washington made the final. I'm sorry for being an idiot who doesn't follow softball. And out honestly, there. I think we had two texts roll in during that whole time that said that they lost while we were trying to find that. Well, <laughs> when I'm Googling it, I can't look at the text line. Um, yeah, so. Even even the Washington loss, they make it to the final against Florida State. It'd be kind of cool to see them, if Oregon State does lose, to see them go uh, far in the College World Series as well as a Pac-12 fan. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, dealing with us for two hours. Patrick should be back next week. So we uh, we should all be here then, 7 to 9, for another two hours of Hot Baseball Talk. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.